Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you, Jason Kong here, along with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing? Well, good morning, Jason. Uh, I'm doing great. Hope you are. I'm doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. Excited for another program here, Bill. And we've got a lot uh, on the docket today. We've got uh, a seminar this Wednesday that we need to tell people about, but we've got a ton of topics that we need to dive into. We've got uh, Social Security, Medicare, long term care insurance, uh, COLAs. I think we're talking about some sort of pop or soda. I don't know. No, I'm just <laughs> hardly, kidding. Hardly, we're not talking yeah. about that. But Bill, where do you want yeah. to start? Well, I, a friend sent me a message uh, uh, regarding Social Security cost of living increases. And and that and I, I thought that was a topic that would get us started. Uh, I think it's important. Uh, there, uh, you know, Obviously, you're a young man, and and so Social Security's really not on your radar at all. Not at this moment. Uh, But, you know, there are an awful lot of folks um, who are seniors and are on Social Security. And even though Social Security was never designed to be a retirement plan um, for folks, um, it was designed to be a supplement uh, to uh, pensions and the like. It, so it was never designed to be one's 100% uh, going forward in retirement. However, there are an awful lot of folks that it's the only income that they have. That's it. Uh, and um, so the um, each year, uh, the Social Security is adjusted or increased by what they call COLAs or cost of living adjustments. But the, the I guess the thing that's so important for you and your generation to understand <laughs> is that you, you can't depend on that uh, helping you with inflation, even though that's what it's designed to do. Uh, and, and that's really the point of what I'm really trying to get across as it relates to seniors and Social Security and how it works, is that even though uh, there is a cost of living increase uh, virtually every year, it's based on inflation, um, the bottom line is most seniors do not see an increase in their Social Security check. Now, why would you think that would be the case? I, I honestly have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you're too young. Well, m- most seniors could tell you. It's, uh, but here's the thing. M- most people realize that their Medicare Part B premium comes out of their Social Security check. And guess what? That premium increases virtually every year. And the problem is, is that the increase in, I mean, everybody knows about increases in health care premiums. Well, that's been true for Medicare as well. And so the bottom line is, is that that Part B premium that comes out of your Social Security check typically each year has been higher. The increase has been more than the increase in the check. Hence, no increase. Now, Here's the interesting thing. Uh, Seniors have in the law, with the adjustment, a hold harmless uh, provision. Now, what does that mean? That means that if the increase um, 
in the Part B Medicare premium is more than the increase in the Social Security check, that the senior should still get the um, full Social Security check that they got the year before. That's the hold harmless. But then <laughs> we've had uh, we had an interesting situation where the premium did not increase this year. Okay, so seniors should have seen an increase in their check. But guess what? Most did not. And why is that? It's because most seniors who had a hold harmless were behind. And so that had to be made up. And so even though they should have gotten an increase, uh, they didn't see it because it simply made up uh, where they were held harmless the year before. So what I'm getting at is those folks who've been on a Social Security, quote, fixed income, haven't really seen an increase in their check in a number of years because of that. So the bottom line is is that even though there is a cost of living adjustment, it pretty much is eaten up by the additional cost of their uh, Medicare premium. And that that's the story. Uh, now, the seniors who are on Social Security, are they're living it. They know this. <laughs> okay. So who am I talking to? I'm talking to you. <laughs> All right. So that you understand that Social Security, even when you get it, is not going to cover for your generation near as much as it helps to cover folks in my generation. And that's pretty scary. In fact, I'm going to give you something really scary, and that's this. By the time you retire, it is likely that your Social Security will cover your medicals, and that's it. In other words, you know, because Medicare doesn't call, it doesn't cover everything, all right? So it just covers your Part B premium, right? So what does the rest of your check go for? Well, for right now, hopefully it goes for housing and food and, and utilities and transportation and things like that. But seniors also, well, let me ask you this. Do you think seniors might be a little less healthy than folks your age? Yeah, just a little bit less. You think they might take more medication? Yes. Well, medication's not free. And guess what? As you get older, your health insurance premium, do you think it goes up or down? It always goes up. There you go. It goes up on everybody, but it goes up exponentially as you get older because insurance companies know that you you, you get sicker and you need more assistance. And so guess, guess what? You know, to the degree that you have supplemental health insurance or you have to pay for your what Medicare doesn't pay for, then the, for, the bottom line is what the economists are projecting is that when you retire, your Social Security check will cover your Medicare Part B premium and the other health care costs that you have as a senior. In other words, your medications, your supplemental health insurance – and not much else. So what does that tell you? 
That means you're on your own for housing, utilities, transportation, food, um, and things like that. So that's that's pretty scary. But, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that folks understood how that works. Uh, now, for the, as it relates to cost of living adjustments, you know, people have probably heard me say in the past um, that it's a mistake to take Social Security early. In other words, you should not take Social Security when you're 62 or if you're a widow when you're 60, because, you know, you can do that, um, uh, and unless one of two things is uh, true. E- either um, you're starving, in other words, you don't have enough money, and the Social Security is what will give you enough money to eat uh, and pay your bills, uh, and you don't have any other source of income, or um, – you're not healthy and you know that your life expectancy uh, is very likely to be shorter than the average person's life expectancy. Um, And so those are the only two reasons. Otherwise, you will get far more from the Social Security system if you wait until full retirement age, which for your age group and for most people at this point who are not already on Social Security, the full um, you know, that age will be 67, not 66. And there's a group, you know, of course, that's between 66 and 67. Um, and most people actually will do better waiting till 70 than taking at full retirement age. But some people just can't wait. So, <laughs> you know, they want to retire. They need that extra money or they want that extra money. And and if you don't need it, you should wait. That's, that's the real, real key. Now, for those who wait – their cost of living adjustment is higher than the folks because if you if you think about it, um, the folks who take their Social Security early at 62 get penalized by 25 percent or more. The 25 percent is the minimum, and if you take it at 60, you get penalized even more than that. So your cost of living adjustment is that much less, and if you wait till 70, it's that percentage more, which is typically it, uh, right now, between 66 and 70, it's a third more if you wait till till 70. So your cost of living adjustment every year after that is a third more than your uh, adjustment if you if you took it at full retirement age, or even more if you took it early. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I know we have to take a break, but then I want to talk about the relationship of Medicare and how that feeds into the whole thing. Well, we'll do just that. I think you've scared me enough for one segment, Bill. (laughs) Give me some time to regroup here, and we'll dive right back into asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. This is News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for listening. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we've uh, uh, talked a lot about Social Security so far and cost of living adjustments. And just before the break, you said you wanted to shift gears a little bit and get into some uh, Medicare here. 
Well, actually, you have to understand that Social Security and, and Medicare are related, but they're not linked perfectly. And that's, that's one of the things I wanted to mention. It's like the majority of us must uh, start Medicare, whether we want to or not, when we turn 65. Now, there's an exception to the rule who, for those who have an employer-sponsored health care plan, uh, uh, but that's a tricky exception that people need to make sure that they have uh, good advice uh, if they're not going to sign up for Medicare at age 65 because the bottom line is if you don't sign up, when you're 65 and you have three months before, three months after, and one the month of your birth to sign up. If you don't sign up within that seven-month period, you're penalized, and it's a heavy penalty. So the bottom line is you're pushed uh, to sign up, and, and you have to sign up. Now, if you are not on Social Security yet because you're being smart and you're waiting until your full retirement age of 66 or 67, or you're even being smarter and waiting till age 70 to get on Social Security, you're still on Medicare. Well, Medicare's not free, so you have to pay. In other words, you have to write a check to Medicare um, you know, every quarter uh, while you're not on Social Security, because most people, um, you know, once they're on Social Security, the, their Medicare is deducted from their Social Security check. Now, the majority of people, if you sign up for Medicare today, your your uh, your Medicare premium for most people is $134 per month. So, if you're one of those, then you'd write a check for for three times that much every quarter. Um, now. Uh, there's something else that's unfortunate. Let's say that you're still working. You know, you haven't retired because you're trying to build up your retirement nest egg. Well, under those circumstances, you may have to pay more than $134, as unfair as that is, because you're still working and your income is higher. And so your Irma, that's called an Irma, you know, Miss Irma, and Miss Irma can cause, cost you, um, uh, in essence, instead of $134, it can cost you $300, $400 per month uh, because of your income. And that's a pretty big toll, and it's all a matter of income. So you can call it a tax as opposed to payment because you're paying more simply because you, you have um, some earned income. And it's based on your earnings the year previously, uh, which can be a hardship because guess what happens when you stop working? Your income goes down, but your premium is still up there because of the last year's <laughs> premium. So that's another scary fact. Um, now, since we're talking about Medicare, it is important that Medicare um, – that folks realize that that Medicare is part of the uh, uh, normal health care system. In other words, it's just another form of health insurance. Well, our health insurance system uh, just doesn't cover, except with a very limited exception, 
long-term care expenses. And so for seniors, one of the scariest things about trying to build a nest egg and the possibility of losing it is long-term care. That's why I wanted to focus on that. And of course, that's also something that we talk a lot about in the seminar. It's basically um, about the, lo- the cost of long-term care because it's a financial crisis for almost anybody that ends up in that situation and needs help. Um, and there are very few families that can actually afford to pay for it without going broke. And so that's what we do. We help families not to go broke when they have a long-term care crisis. But Medicare... Uh, does have a limited exception, and that is if you go into the hospital for three nights uh, and then you need rehab, then Medicare uh, will pay or help pay for up to 100 days of rehab. Um, Now, if you're on regular Medicare, it'll cover 100% for 20 days, but then there's a copay after 20 days. And so if you're still in rehab after 20 days, and there are very few who actually get more than 20 days of rehab, it's just the way the system works today. Uh, there are a lot of folks that get discharged from rehab after a week or two. Uh, but for those who need rehab and they're continuing to improve or uh, the like, then um, Medicare will help pay, but it, it's on, but there'll be a copay of about $156 a day. Well, guess what? That's a lot of money if you're there for an extra month. That's all, that's, you're getting close to $5,000 out-of-pocket expense, even though Medicare is still there paying. Now, if you have supplement insurance or what's called Medigap uh, coverage, then typically that uh, supplemental health plan will cover the, the differential. But once you go off a of rehab, and let's say that you still need assistance, you need assisted living, you need nursing care, you need home care, that's all out of pocket. That's private pay out of pocket unless you can get government assistance of some sort. So that's where it gets really, really scary. And so um, uh, when I know we have to take a break, but when we come back – um, a lot of folks ask me to review long-term care insurance policies, or they have questions about long-term care insurance policies. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, and as well as encourage folks to come to our seminar about long-term care. Well, we will do both in just a bit. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. He's Bill Alexander, and we're having a great show uh, this morning. And, Bill, we're going to dive into the topic here of uh, long-term care insurance because there's a, boy, there's a lot of dynamics involved with this. Well, it is. Um, and, and so uh, I want, you know, I want folks to know that uh, one of the most important things they can do if they want information about um, about long-term care expenses, what government programs can help them with it, how to protect their assets. 
uh, is to come to our seminar on, on Wednesday. And we have three of them, uh, one at 1030, uh, one at 2 o'clock, and then the third one at 630 in the evening. Um, and and that is one place you can go and get accurate information. One of the most difficult things for folks is the fact that most of the things that they hear from folks about Medicaid or veterans benefits or special assistance or any of the other uh, programs, even Medicare, they get bad information. They, they get a half-truth or a half-life, whatever you want to call it. But the bottom line is they're not getting accurate information. And uh, this is pretty critical to folks. And so f- for the folks who just want a- information, now also I would say this too because it is a free seminar. Um, we also typically will have some professionals who come that want to learn for their own for, for professional reasons, you know, financial advisors, social workers, uh, CPAs, and other attorneys uh, often do come. But it's it's actually designed for folks uh, who are going through the throes of of uh, really needing assistance. But we're happy for anybody who, who uh, wants to come. You just have to understand that we don't feed people. Um, and it's not one of those kind of seminars. It's simply information-based. We give you the best information we possibly can, and uh, uh, the seminars typically last a couple hours, so there's a lot of information that is is gained by that. But long-term care insurance uh, is something that can be very, very helpful to folks, Um, and if you have long-term care insurance, the potential for needing any kind of government assistance is is far, far less. Um, uh, but very few people actually go out and buy long-term care insurance. And you know what the tragedy is, is that most people don't think about it until it's too late. Because when well, it's, it's sort of a no-brainer, Jason. But as a young man, are you thinking about going out and buying a long-term care policy? No, I'm not. <laughs> of course not. Well, that's the problem. Most people don't think about it until they start seriously thinking about retirement. Well, most people don't start seriously thinking about retirement until their late fifties or early sixties. Uh, and some folks even later than that. Well, guess what? If you wait until you're 60 years old or older, you're, you've really waited too late. Now, why would it be too late? Two reasons, and they're both important. Number one, by the time you're 60, it's not unusual for you to have suffered some um, significant health uh, crisis. It might be that you um, had a form of cancer that you're over. It may be uh, that you've had a heart attack or a stent or uh, that you have high blood pressure or you have diabetes. But, you know, these are things that come on that you probably have no clue what I'm talking about, Jason. <laughs> okay. But the, the point is, as you get older, these things occur. Uh, and guess what? You know, to the degree that you suffer these things, then uh, one of two things uh, is going to happen. Either the insurance company is going to rate 
you, which means they'll insure you, but the premium would be, be twice as much, or they'll just decline coverage and say, no, you're, you're not one of those folks that we will insure. Um, so the, the fact, and, and here's the thing, the other problem is it's too expensive. Most people cannot afford it when they see the premiums uh, when they wait until their late 50s or early 60s or even later. It's just way out of their range to pay for it. So what's the solution? I'll ask you, what's the solution? Buy early. That's right. In other words, it is the earlier you get it, the better. Uh, And the problem is, is people aren't educated on when to buy it. You know, there was a time 20 years ago where the insurance industry really didn't push it to be until people were in their 50s or even 60s. But now it's too expensive if you wait till then. So truthfully, 40s and early 50s uh, are a good time. But it's also the kind of thing, if you get it even earlier than that, um, it can be extremely helpful to you. Um, uh, now, for those parents and grandparents who are trying to do something that might make a difference in their children or grandchildren's life, um, you know, think people tend to think about, well, how can we help them go to college? You know, how can we do those kind of things? Well, those are not the issues that I think are the most important for your generation. I really don't. Um, I think that we need to be a little more creative in how we help our children. And, you know, while there are a lot of seniors out there who are struggling, there are an awful lot of seniors out there who are doing extremely well financially, and they want to help their children um, in ways that are meaningful to them. Uh, And uh, being able to help their children buy long-term care insurance at an early age when it's cheap, um, that would be a significant help. But most parents aren't thinking about those. The other issue that's so important to me that I think will be a, a crisis issue for your generation is retirement. People just will not have saved enough for retirement. And, and those parents and grandparents who can actually put something in place for retirement planning for their children and grandchildren, that to me is far more significant than trying to create a college fund. Uh, you know, because people can find a way to go to college. Uh, they can't if they haven't saved the money and they don't have the money, then they're out of luck when they, they get to retirement. And that's that's why it's so important. But we, I know we have to take a break, but. Uh, I want to talk about some of the things about long-term care that you need to look at uh, if you're going to look at those policies. We'll do just that, and I want to remind everyone that the uh, free seminar is available this Friday. There are three of them that uh, – excuse me, this Wednesday. Sorry about that. Wednesday. Uh, was, on you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bill, I'm, I'm out of it. Who knows what happened there? Yeah. yeah this Wednesday, June 13th, you can attend uh, one of three free seminars that Bill is putting on. I want to encourage you to go online to WG. WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com to register in advance. Uh, that helps Bill out and lets folks know uh, how many people will be in attendance, and that helps them prepare for their seminar. You can also call the office at 919 256 7000. That's 919 256 7000. Again, this is a great way to get ahead of some of the, uh, the uh, financial. 
uh, catastrophes that you could encounter if you're dealing with a long-term care situation. Again, WGALaw.com or 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And again, we want to remind you that Bill's got three free seminars this Wednesday, June 13th at Independence Village of Raleigh. And we encourage you to register in advance by going online to WGALaw.com or calling the office at 919-256-7000. And this is a great way to get some wonderful information on uh, long-term care opportunities for you in terms of uh, paying for that, what could be just catastrophic uh, financial nightmare with in terms of long-term care costs and also uh, veter- VA benefits. It's, it's a wonderful seminar that you guys put on, Bill. I appreciate it, Jason. It really is helpful, and I would encourage folks to sign up and attend. It's, uh, you know... It's the kind of thing where the, the information is so important to families, and the, and you can't get it out of a book. Nope. It's the kind of thing where you really have to go talk to people who know what they're talking about. And of course, we've been doing this for years. Uh, and you know, I, I sometimes I use uh, um, the the term "we're the old rat in the barn," if you will. When it uh, <laughs> and that's a saying, Thad Yor, who was the uh, former Secretary of State. You have to be an old-timer in North Carolina to remember Thad, but that's what he said, and uh, I've always loved that, uh, and so I, I, I can... I've, I've been around long enough now where I can use it myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a term of endearment. Uh, but uh, but it, it's so important. But, okay, so um, now, th- this past week, I had a wonderful couple uh, in my office, and uh, they were really smart because a number of years ago, they bought a long-term care policy, and they were having difficulty um, understanding what they had purchased, and so they wanted me to review their policy, which I'm happy to do, and I I do that frequently. And they actually had a wonderful, a fabulous long-term care policy that you can't buy anymore. And there was an old GE policy. Now, the, those have been converted to Genworth, um, and not that that's important. It's the underlying policy that was important. So what is it about their policy that you couldn't buy anymore? Well, their policy was one that lasted forever. In other words, if they had a long-term care crisis, it wasn't limited like most policies are, three three years, four years, five years, six years. Uh, It was a lifetime policy. And and that's actually the kind of policy I have personally, too. So I like that very much. Um, But you can't buy those anymore. And you haven't been able to buy those policies for a number of years. Um, uh, But they had also they had a 5% compounded inflation factor in their policy. That's really good. That's the highest inflation factor that you can have. And because they bought their policy a number of years ago and because they had the inflation factor, 
their coverage today is exactly what they need. Uh, in other words, they actually have probably more than what they might need, but they're fully covered as opposed to being underinsured. And so anyone who buys in this type of insurance many years before you hope that you would ever need it, let's say if you buy it when you're 45 years old or 50 years old, it's likely that you're not going to need it for 25 years or 20 years or 30 years. And you hope you never need it. Right. But, but at the same time, the likelihood of needing it at age 50 or 55 is slim, although there are folks who do need it at that age. But a lot, much more likely when they're 75 to 85 or older. So in essence, there are many years in there, and you, the inflation factor is one of the most important things uh, to have in it. Now, truthfully, today, the way the policies are done, it's really expensive to get anything more than a 3% compound inflation factor. The 5% is a really increase in your premium factor, and people are very conscious of how much they're paying, which is the premium. Um, so, you know, the the 3% compound inflation is much more affordable, and I would say that people should look at that because it will make a big difference in price. The other thing is that's really important that some people miss is the elimination period. And my recommendation on that is 90 days. 90 days is a reasonable time for you to self-insure. In other words, they're not going to cover you for the first 90 days that you need assistance. And um, But if you take an elimination period of less than 90 days, 60 days, 30 days, or zero days, in other words, they cover you immediately, it increases your premium significantly. So now you can have an elimination period longer than 90 days, but then then it becomes ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. I think the 90 days is the sweet spot uh, where you self-insure for three months uh, and then you're covered as opposed to 120 days or I've seen even 180 days where – People think, well, heck, I, I don't ever get my insurance. So that, <laughs> so it's really important. That factor is, is an important factor. And then how much is enough? Okay, well, today, if you were starting out today, I would say that – and it, and it depends on what, how much income are you going to have in retirement – some people, you know, have a pension, not many anymore. Most everyone will have some Social Security, which isn't enough for anything, and then uh, investment income or rental income or something like that. So how much income? The more income you have, the less insurance you need on, you know, as it relates to that. Uh, or it may be a, a factor of how much you know, in terms of resources, assets do you have? Do you have a lot of liquidity? Uh, can you, you know, pay the differential, you know, those kind of things so that you have the in underlying insurance to pay for the bulk of what you need, but you still have enough to cover anything that's not otherwise covered. Well, for most folks who don't really have that huge nest egg or they don't have uh, more income than that, they probably need at least 
uh, $200 a day, um, maybe a little bit more, but in, in that ballpark. The more income you have, you can reduce that on a daily rate. But, you know, in a typical month, $200 a day is going to give you $6,000. Well, $6,000 isn't quite enough for most nursing homes today, uh, but it, it is enough for most assisted living uh, situations for folks. And so uh, you have to factor that in. And then the inflation factor has to be built in too. Um, so if you know you're going with a 3% inflation factor as opposed to 5 then you might want to start out with $250 a day rather than $200 a day, you know, because all of those things make a difference. And that's the kind of thing that people need to be thinking about as it relates to uh, the long-term care. Now, that's for traditional long-term care. So, and traditional long-term care is typically the least expensive long-term care. Now, for those folks who own their own business, one thing about long-term care that a lot of business people do not understand is that they can cover themselves as the business owner, and they can also cover their spouse as the business owner, and it's deductible, and they do not have to cover everybody in the company. They can cover key employees if they want to, but this is one of those insurances that uh, it's not ERISA. It's you can discriminate. In other words, you can give it to whom you wish and not give it to anybody else as a business owner. So that allows business owners at least to cover themselves uh, if they want a, a, in a deductible uh, expense, which which is nice. But that it for everybody else it leaves them out. But it's at least it gives an opportunity for others. Um, now, if you get a traditional policy, the the one complaint that you hear is, well, what if I never need it? Am I just wasting my money paying these big premiums over a matter of years that I could, you know, go on a cruise with, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that sort of thing. Well, there is, uh, there are a couple different ways of avoiding that issue. Uh, You can, it pay, it costs you a little more, uh, but there is a rider you can add to a traditional long-term care policy that's called return of premium. And what that basically means is is that down the road, if you haven't used the insurance or you haven't used all of it, uh, then the company at your death will pay you back the premiums that you've paid less what they've paid out. Um, And if you haven't used it at all, then they pay all your premiums back to your family as a death benefit. So it's sort of like life insurance, but it's not. It's, uh, it certainly doesn't pay as much as life insurance. And then the other option, which is more expensive, but for a lot of folks, it's the better way to go. Instead of buying traditional long-term care, you buy a life insurance policy. That's a whole life policy. So it's, a, it's not cheap like term insurance, but you buy... Uh, a, a policy that builds cash value in it, and you add a long-term care rider to the policy. So let's say you buy a life insurance of three hundred thousand dollars, 
then that immediately gives you a long-term care policy of $300,000. And that way, you get the benefit one way or the other. You get the benefit as long-term care payments on a monthly basis, or you get the death benefit to your spouse or to your family members. Um, And that works really well. Now, the life insurance typically comes in one of two flavors— either a 2% rider or a 4% rider. So if you had $300,000 of life insurance coverage with a 2% rider, then it would pay you $6,000 a month until the $300,000 is gone. And if you had a 4% rider, it would pay you $12,000 a month until the $300,000 is gone. So anyway, that... That's how the life insurance uh, piece works, and it, and it works uh, very well for the families who can afford that kind of, of coverage. And obviously, people like the concept of it's an investment where they're going to get their money back, and they have the insurance coverage at the same time. So that's, that's pretty nice. Yeah, and there's a, apparently a good amount of options for people who to explore if they're interested in uh, getting you know at least a portion of that money. Well, back. and that's the point. There are some options, and there's one other option that's typically not as good, but uh, for some folks it's their only option, and that is that uh, if someone is not insurable, then there is another option, and I'm not all that crazy about it. It doesn't work as well as it needs to, but it's an annuity option with the long-term care coverage, you know, a rider in the annuity um, product where uh, it basically doubles or triples the income that the annuity would normally pay. Well, the problem with that is that, that most people are not willing to put enough money into the annuity where the income stream is actually enough to pay the high cost of long-term care. So that's one to be very cautious about, but for some folks it works, particularly if they have high income otherwise. Makes plenty of sense. Uh, You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. A quick break and we'll wrap up this week's show. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Just a, a couple moments here before we wrap up the show, Bill, but you have a, a parting shot that you want to Well, do I do. Here's the bad news. The people who really need long-term care insurance the most are not the folks who can best afford it. Uh, it is The folks who need it the most are middle-class families mm-hmm. that are not rich. Uh, they have a limited nest egg in retirement. They're the, that, those are the families that need long-term care the most, and they're typically the families that don't get it. So it's the kind of thing where you either need long-term care insurance or you need to come to our seminar to learn what your other options are. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice, and you can do that this Wednesday, June 13th at Independence Village of Raleigh. We do ask that you please register in advance. And again, it's free, and you can sign up at law. Dot com. That's WGALaw.com. Or you can call the office at 919 256 
7,000. Want to remind you that you can catch Bill tomorrow morning on the CW22 at 8 a.m. with his TV show Money Secrets. He's also got a book out by that same name, Money Secrets, with Bill and Mike. You can find that on Amazon. We're out of time for today. We hope you'll join us again next week for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.